0: It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
1: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel
2: like you're winning shop now in store or online Kroger fresh for everyone. This is Amy Brown from four things with Amy Brown today. Healthier is happening at CVS health in more ways than you've ever seen. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard
3: And you feel like you're in the dark You will see how beautiful life can be. When you soften your heart, you can finally start to
4: live your truthiest life. Welcome back to the truthiest life. We just hit a year of the truthiest life being a podcast. And I want to give a shout out to my amazing listeners, all of you, Thank you for making this possible. I know I've had a lot of day oneers on here. And it's because of you that I've had this amazing opportunity to use my voice, to amplify the voice of others and create a community around something I'm most passionate about, which is living authentic lives. I've been so inspired by our amazing guests and inspired by all of you. And we wouldn't be here today without you. So I want to say thank you. And if you haven't yet given us a review on iTunes, please go ahead and throw us some stars or leave a comment. It really is the best way to support the Podcast and help me know what you're loving and just continue to improve on this amazing adventure. I also want to give a huge, huge, huge thank you to the Amy Brown Podcast Network and iHeartMedia for believing in me. I know when you listen to this podcast, you hear me and the guest, but like many things, there's a lot of behind the scenes that are constantly working to make this show get produced every single week. As many of you know, Amy Brown is somebody who has believed in me and really pushed me to create this podcast, so it exists because of her. I'm joined by Kat Defada, an amazing therapist who's also part of Amy's podcast network. I co-host Outway with Amy once a week. We have an amazing, amazing, amazing editor, Houston, who makes all of these episodes sound really seamless when, trust me, they're quite choppy and he just is amazing. Thank you, Houston. I've got Fazio and, of course, everybody else And the iHeart team who just does so much behind the scenes to produce this show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for pushing me and thank you for helping me be better today than I was yesterday. This week's episode is awesome. It's with my best friend and registered dietitian, Carolyn Brown. She's been a guest before talking about some things in her personal life, but today she's putting on her registered dietitian hat and she's helping us learn the five healthy habits that are going to change your life that really have nothing to do with food. I know she's a registered dietitian, so that might be a little unsuspecting. But the truth is health is so much more than just what you eat. And there's no better person to have this conversation than Carolyn, who really views health from this whole picture. So this episode will provide you with some amazing takeaways that you can use immediately. You're going to love it. And we mention a lot of Carolyn's offerings from her one-on-one services to her programs. So I'm going to be sure to link all of those below so you can follow and check out the amazing things that Carolyn is doing. Most of all, her energy is just contagious and beautiful, and I know that you're going to love being swarmed by it just as much as I do. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back, everybody. Today is an awesome episode coming up with my friend Carolyn Brown, who you probably know if you've been a longtime listener. Carolyn was on last October. And if you missed that episode, you're going to want to go back and check it out. It was October 30th, 2020, and it was called F the Timeline. So for anybody that's feeling pressured about being single, about having kids, about not having the finances that you think you should have at your age, any of those things, this is the episode for you because Carolyn really shares her F the Timeline philosophy. And what's really awesome about that episode one year ago versus now is you were just finding your flow a year ago. Yeah. You moved to a different state, took a huge leap of faith, found a partner in the middle of a pandemic. And here we are 365 <laughs> days later from that episode about, and we're having you on for a different topic. Today, Carolyn's going to be putting on her nutrition hat and sharing five healthy habits that are gonna change your life. But before we get there, hi. Carolyn. (laughs) So good to see you.
1: Hi. So good to see you too. Thank you. It's really cool to hear it in that way and to think back to a year ago where things were, not to mention two years ago, three years ago, and so much can really happen in a short amount of time. Well,
4: even amazingly, your post recently, you mentioned that you and your partner Q, who you're still together with, we talked about that a little bit Mm -hmm. on the episode. You were only a few months in, but you kind of started to say that you were starting to feel like emotionally secure with somebody. They're still together. Woo, we love Q. He was on a few episodes back, so you all know him too. You shared that you just ended your
1: 500-day first date. What did that mean? <laughs> yeah, we actually hadn't spent any time apart from each other in 500 days. Uh, I mean, of course, we'd go out to lunches and stuff, but we really had been sort of attached at the hip for that amount of time because of you know pandemic life. We had both intended to go on you know a girl's trip or a family trip here and there, but that never ended up happening. It was this beautiful experience to spend that much time. And when we look back and we're like, oh my God, that's, you know, close to a year and a half of all day, every day. And we still like really, really like each other and enjoy each other. So that was super sweet. It's
4: remarkable, especially if you think about all the people that went through the pandemic, never had consecutive days with their partner. And then all of a sudden they had their partner in their home all day and they were like, wait a second, Uh, We actually don't get along so well now that we're spending all this time together. So it's such an interesting study to see a relationship go from zero to 60 and then stay at 60 for a prolonged period of time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's been really sweet. We ended up moving closer to the mountains and nature, which is some stuff we'll get into as we chat today. Um, so it's just been an awesome progression of like both our relationship and just life on a more of a macro level.
4: Exactly. You are a true inspiration of what health is from the inside out, but also the outside in. For anyone listening that maybe doesn't know, because I don't use this platform very much to talk about nutrition, I am a registered dietitian. But- Whenever I have a nutrition question, the first person I go to is Carolyn. Carolyn's really my go-to trusted person when I need a professional to guide me, when I know somebody has looked at the research, digested it, and also put her personal approach to it after seeing how that worked with
1: real people in practice. So you still do one-on-one, right? Yeah, I still do a lot of one-on-one. We do a couple of programs every single year, um, but mainly I just love, you know, talking to someone and finding out what's actually going on with them. What are the spots they want to work on? And then how are the things maybe they aren't aware or related to it, um, a really big factor in their overall wellness, whether they're thinking about future babies, which is something, you know, that I'm seeing a lot of at the moment, or they're thinking about, um, you know, their, their stress levels or, uh you know, how maybe environment is impacting their life in ways they didn't realize and their, their health and the way they feel in their body. So I think we're looking at it really in the full picture. Carolyn
4: and her sister, who is an acupuncturist, have created some amazing programs. We'll put all their information below if all of this kind of speaks to you from a true full picture health perspective, but really taking a look at what you've created recently. It's pretty funny, like to think about what we were taught in school versus what you do now.
1: Oh my gosh, completely. Uh, And I'm grateful to have had that experience in school, very much the Western approach, it like did give me a foundation, but uh, I disagree with a lot of the things that we were taught, which of course, as you know, in the RD track, it's very like calories and grams of things and Um, number oriented, which like our bodies aren't calculators. They really are chemistry experiments. And that's something I feel really strongly about that everyone should be experimenting. And, you know, just because something works for you or works for even like for my sister, like you mentioned, that doesn't mean that it's going to work for me. Um, And so continually being a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little like sleuth on your own body and getting to know your own body language too, just stuff we're going to get a little bit more into as we chat today. But that I think is, is like the best thing that you could do for yourself is to be continually curious. I know,
4: it's so interesting to think back about what I learned in school. And again, I'm also very grateful because it's all knowledge and you know, it's all, it's all information, it just depends how you wanna go about using that information to help somebody. But it, it's so interesting to think about like what I was doing on my exams versus what I do now with people and think about, it wasn't useless, but the application of it isn't just, okay, this is how nutrition works, period, and then this is how nutrition works in people. And I think that's an important Mm. movement, like away from just black and white and into color picture, meaning black and white science, and then into, okay, these are human beings on an individual level and pivoting as a as the dietitian like that's our role to utilize that information and then let it sit and on a person <laughs> and change with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many things to take into consideration. Someone's background, the foods that they love and enjoy, maybe culturally, it's really different what's accessible to them, you know, and of course, biologically, physiologically what's going on internally too. So there's like a whole lot of puzzle pieces that I think is really fascinating and it's no one thing. And something we do at Indigo really specifically is we sort of merge Western and Eastern philosophies. Mm -hmm. And so like you mentioned, Sarah is an acupuncturist. She's a doctor of Chinese medicine. So I've learned so much from that approach on like the energetic properties of food and maybe certain foods aren't great for you in the wintertime. And maybe we should be eating more cooked foods over salads um, once the weather gets a little bit colder and vice versa in the summertime, eating a little bit more cooling foods because it's really hot out. So just things like that, that are actually really practical, but we definitely didn't learn that in our RD. Right. And I think a lot of
4: RDs where you and I get a little bit like, and sorry, I shouldn't speak for you, where I get a little bit like, Mm -hmm. it's hard being an RD, or I don't feel like I fit into this community is when I'll see an RD completely dismiss that other side of medicine and nutrition simply because we didn't learn it or simply because there isn't enough evidence to say this works. And I think you and I agree that if it doesn't harm, it's worth trying. And I've personally found when it comes to eating seasonally and eating things like that, which, you know, is a lot less black and white than what we were taught. It's more colorful it feels good. You feel connected to the planet. You're supporting the earth. And I don't think that's like a conversation that was really at least
1: given to me as when I was in my training. Oh my gosh, I completely agree with you. And I think that goes to like a lot of the black and white mentalities that we see on social media, you know, whether it's intuitive eating or the functional medicine, that's just like, there's only this one way. And like the reality is there is a lot of color. I love the idea of color instead of gray. (laughs) too. I think that's just like, that is the truth of it. And what's going to work for one person isn't going to be the the same for someone else. And so taking all of these modalities and sort of combining them and seeing what clicks for you, I think is, is such a gift to yourself. If you do follow me, you
4: know that I'm all about learning to listen to your body and really finding what works. That being said, a lot of people misconstrue my message to mean eat whatever you want. Yes, there is an element that does mean eat what you want. But listening to your body means getting the feedback from it and learning how to nourish it so that you can feel your best so you can be your best and live your truthiest life. I think that's kind of the element that's maybe missed a little bit when it comes to learning to listen to your body. So I wanted to bring Carolyn on somebody that works with real people day in and day out for probably over a decade. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And really talk about five healthy habits that can change your life and really take a macro approach to health. So Carolyn, let's jump into the five healthy habits that will change your life.
0: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun, such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy. dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it
5: count. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
3: Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away.
1: So we have some that are going to be really, really specific and like an action you can start today. And then some that are much more of like that zoom out macro approach, Lisa just mentioned. So the first one is health is so much more than what you eat. And of course, as RDs and me personally, especially, I really you know believe in the power of food as medicine, And least I know you do also, but you have for a long time taken the approach of like food's just one part of it. And I think because nutrition is my first love, it took me a long time to get to that spot of like, wow food is, you know, important. And also your relationships are really important for your health. Um, You know, your daily movement and how you're actually treating your body. That doesn't always mean more movement is better. That means gentle movement and really listening to your body and what feels good. Um, Of course, even what you think and your mental health, probably the most important. Uh, And so all of these are puzzle pieces and sometimes at different, different moments in your life, Different puzzle pieces might be a little bit bigger and some might be smaller. And sometimes it's the time to focus on nutrition. And sometimes it's the time to like, you know, throw that puzzle piece to the side and not worry so much about it. So some other ones that I think are really important and is getting outside every single day, at what I call outside a clock. And that's something I actually prescribe for every single client. I even have them take outside a clock on our phone calls. So they'll go for walks or just sit outside in the sunshine while we speak. And so this is really, really proven to decrease your stress, anxiety, and your blood pressure too. And getting outside improves your immune system. Um, It's definitely a mood booster and can just make you feel more in touch with your body too. So that's a really, really important one. I
4: love when you go on outside a clock, you could just like see your radiance shining through whenever you put on your story that you're at outside a clock, whether it's cold out or hot out, you can just enjoy it.
1: Yeah. And just bundling up and, you know, that, that a lot of times I think can be, you know, an excuse or a reason why people don't do it, but we really are meant to be more in nature. And I know probably many people listening are in the city, in New York City or any big city, and it can feel really impossible to do, but that can look like hanging out of, you know, your window. (laughs) Uh, That can look like, you know, going for a walk around the block. It doesn't have to be these, you know, running around in the mountains, but more power to you if that is the case, because I found personally, like really making a move from New York City to Colorado and and, like immersing myself has just changed. You know, when we're talking about 15 minutes a day, improves anxiety and uh, stress levels. Like when you're actually fully immersed in that, it really does change your sort of energy. Throughout the day, too. Mm, I love that. So,
4: going back to your main topic, which is health is more than what you eat. When I was my quote unquote healthiest, so when I was eating my healthiest, and when everybody thought that I was the healthiest, looking back, I was the least healthy. And I think you have experienced that as well as many people in my community that have acknowledge forms of disordered eating. And it's such a hard concept to understand because the first piece of information when we think about how to be healthier is to think about food. But I think a lot of times we stop there (laughs) or maybe we include exercise in the form of more exercise. But I could really just tell you that when I was eating my healthiest, my quote unquote cleanest, when, you know, everybody was applauding me and coming to me for the nutrition advice, I literally had the Instagram name healthy girl Lily. That was my first name. I was so unhealthy mentally and I was so miserable and consumed and I wasn't able to think about health from this full picture because similar to you, I love nutrition, right? So I really love nutrition. I love food. I thought I was all about it. And I think when you said food is medicine, Lisa, you agree. I a hundred percent do agree, but I think where that sentence falls short is the idea that food can also be poison. And maybe you disagree, but I think that when we have this idea that like this food is toxic, this is this, we then start to do the black and white thinking, the good and bad. And we're unable to then recognize, wait a minute. Okay. Maybe this food is more nutritionally dense and has more to offer. And this one has a little bit less, but it's good for the soul in this instance.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do. I think this might be a spot where we have a disagreement just on like words yeah. mm-hmm. a little bit, because you know I'm in the the stance of like some food is just better for you than other. No, hundred. I agree. Yeah, and so I think some foods, you know, artificial sweeteners, things that our bodies aren't don't know how to process, just really shouldn't be in most people's or anyone's food. So, and, and I know that people, especially in the more intuitive space, would disagree and say like you know there's room for all of these things, and no, of course, no one food is going to be you know, the make or break of your diet. But if it depends what else is going on also in your life, are you eating a ton of artificial sweeteners, diet sodas, all of that stuff. And also in an incredibly stressful moment in time, and, uh, you know, not thriving in your relationships, I do think like all of those things play a similar role. And what you know, you have the ability every single day to make decisions that are going to fuel you and power you up and help you live optimally. And I think that's like a really empowering position to be in. You know, And of course, like, I have clients who still drink diet sodas, like that's okay. And, and can we make sure they're drinking plenty of water too? So I look at more additive too of like, yes, I'm not going to like, you know, get upset with anyone for like continuing to do that. But like, Also, we have all this information now that this stuff is messing up your microbiome. It's going to make you crave more sugar. It can actually make you gain weight. There's like so many things about certain foods like that. Completely,
4: completely agree. And I feel like the nuance is so the same, especially when we get into the fact that like when I'm talking about food, like an artificial sweetener, something that's zero calories to me. That's not a food. <laughs> like that's yeah. a man-made product. and I definitely disagree with the intuitive eating space that promotes that. And I don't think that necessarily mm. is happening, but I think that that's kind of lost in the conversation about you know all the foods. and it's important to not encourage that. And I think the fundamental level of everything, Carolyn, is education. And instead of us saying, Mm -hmm. eat this, don't eat this, everybody should be entitled to the information about what an artificial sweetener does to your gut rather than soda is bad. Right. Because that's confusing. Mm -hmm. And I think if everybody could have that semi-basic information to understanding food, they'd be equipped to make decisions that make them feel good.
1: Totally. And I think it goes back to even something that you spoke about earlier, which is like actually listening to our bodies. And Mm. this is, this actually is, we can move on to this as my Mm. next uh, health tip too. Is this really getting fluent in your own body language too, and not listening so much, you know, external information, research, stuff that Lisa and I are telling you is important and helpful And what trumps that completely 100% of the time is your body's internal clock, internal information. So when we talk about, I think specifically with like intermittent fasting, for example, that's like, you know, all the rage, there is some research to support that for certain people, not too strict for women who are, you know, in their fertile years. But what's more important than that, if you're going to sleep hungry every night, like throw that information out the window, that doesn't matter if it's not supporting your body and supporting how you're feeling. So I think to, you know, the earlier point too, it's like, uh, you know, what your body's telling you matters the most of all.
4: I love that. And I meant to share this earlier when we were talking about becoming a registered dietitian and some of the things that we learned versus what we use now. And I don't know if you think about this, but it's something that I think you and I take for granted, or at least I take for granted. And it came from having a master's degree in nutrition, which is knowing how to read research. That is like the most amazing tool that we were
1: given, I think. Definitely. And especially who funded the research, too, is like the first part to start at. Who look at, you know, was the Uh, research that like oats are great for your health funded by Quaker Oats. Not that that means you're going to throw out all of the information, but it's, it's a consideration as we go through research. It's a tool that I use all the
4: time on any topic, whether it's about nutrition or I'm interested in a drug or even just learning about this vaccine. I've loved to go back to the research to understand it. And I think that that's a huge tool in our RD toolbox that I don't know if like health coaches have that training, not to say that they don't, but it was a skill that we had to refine in class. At least I had to, and I see it put to use all the time. And I'm really grateful for that because like you said, intermittent fasting. Okay, great. You see that it works with a handful of your clients, but you're curious to see what the research says. When you went to the research, you were able to pull up really fascinating information on the differences of how it affects men versus women and their hormones. And I think that's hugely left out of the conversation of intermittent fasting. And you're the only
1: person I ever see red flagging that. And I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's a really important thing to just note is the majority of research that is done when it comes to food and when it comes to our bodies is done on men because they don't have the cycle, uh, you know, our our menstrual cycle and a hormone fluctuation and like a hormone fluctuation is an amazing thing. And, you know, we've been taught our, everything that happens with our body is like, ew or, Oh, you know, we get our period every month. We have cramps blah, 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 blah. But actually that's wow. In my opinion, that's like information every single month that you can really track If you're having horrible period symptoms every single month, that's giving us information. We think of your period as like a monthly report card. And so if something's really up and you're noticing every single month, you just do not feel like yourself for that week before you get your period, you need to speak to someone and go to the doctor. You're having horrible cramps. Um, That to me is like a sign again, is just going back to your body, giving you information all the time. Um, And it's up to you to choose to listen to it or not. But the stuff isn't like so icky. The stuff is actually really amazing uh, once you can start to track the patterns.
4: So let's go back to getting fluent in our body's language. What are some things that we can look for to flag and then make good changes to support our bodies?
1: Yeah, I love that question. So I start to think about what do you see happening every single day? So I talked a little bit about the period cycle, your 28, 30, whatever number of days it is for you. Um, But even on a daily basis, are you going number two every single day? That's the first starting point that gives us so much information. Actually, when you go to the bathroom, it removes toxins from your body. And I know toxins can be a word that is thrown around, but it's really important. In this case, um, you remove, it removes excess estrogen. So it's really important for your hormone cycle. And then I look at also things like, are you not sleeping great at the moment? And so you're craving more sugar every single afternoon. You can really start to see those trends happen over time. Um, Or are you having an afternoon slump every single day and, you know, getting on the snack train and like can't get off and then not really eating real meals? So those are the questions I like to ask clients. I was
4: shocked when I was in private practice and working with so many people to learn how many people don't poop every single day.
1: Yeah, super common, super common and uh,
4: not great for your body. And super fixable. There was one change that I made to just about every single person's quote unquote diet that impacted their bowel movements that changed their life. And I think you do the same. Okay.
0: I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun, such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid back appeal Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
5: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this
3: is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away.
4: If you had to tell somebody one thing to do to improve their bowel movements, what would it be? Drink more water and eat more veggies.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say, drink
4: more water and start your day with water. For me, that was a huge change. And I know that it's something you agree with as well. Yeah. I haven't missed a day of drinking at least, I think it's 16 ounces of water at least before food, drink, brushing my teeth in years. And it's not because I think that I have to, It's because I want to, and my body is ready for it at this point. It was just something that I had to start doing. And then every single day, it was just like, water. And then
1: the bowel movement would follow suit. Yeah. Well, I love that. And that's actually the third health tip too. Uh, of course, we're on the same wavelength, without even going through these together, but your wake up water every single day. And I know that you are probably like one of the most well-hydrated people I've ever met. Every time I see Lisa on camera, she has the most massive water bottle in her I'm hand. so thirsty all the time. And even breastfeeding, I'm even more thirsty. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe some electrolytes might help you a little bit too, because you want to make sure you're actually absorbing that water too. But that wake up water, is key. It's something, again, it's a wellness non-negotiable. So that's something that you can start today um, or tomorrow morning and have water as you're, you know, making coffee, tea, breakfast, whatever it is that you do first thing, 16 ounces of water, very first thing, because we lose hydration overnight also just from exhaling. So you wake up already dehydrated. And when we're adding, you know, coffee to that, it sort of exacerbates that. Um, And doing something sort of like right first thing, something that feels really good first thing is an awesome way to start health habits um, throughout your day.
4: I think a lot of people maybe want to hear a little bit more about the adding electrolytes. So if you're like me and I'm constantly thirsty, Mm. but I'm drinking a lot of water there could be something happening that's causing the water to leave my body more than it's being absorbed. So what can I add to my water, Carolyn, to help absorb it so my body can utilize it a little bit more rather than just being like a faucet that comes in and out?
1: Oftentimes water is just like can be overfiltered, which gets a lot of the, you know, pharmaceuticals or anything yucky that might be in your water out. But it also takes out a lot of the minerals that are naturally occurring that help us absorb it. So we can throw that back in. You can just do, you know, even a half a teaspoon of Himalayan sea salt in there if you're at home and just you know wanna start this today. There are a bunch of brands out there like LMNT, uh, IV Liquid is another good one that have you know, good ingredients that you can definitely throw in. I would say once a day, max, if you're needing it more than that, uh, or you're really feeling like you're not absorbing water, it's running right through you um, and you're chronically feeling dehydrated, that might symbol something else is up, but we definitely think of that with electrolyte balance first and foremost.
4: Yeah. Some of them have bring in like artificial sweeteners, a lot of these hydration things, and it just feels unnecessary to me. And also they give me a huge headache. I don't know if, if you've ever tried them.
1: Totally. And you don't just want to be adding sweet flavors everywhere throughout your day. That can actually make us crave more sweet too. even if it's stevia, in some of these too um, by throwing them in all over the place throughout your day, you're going to end up craving way more sweet too.
4: I thought you brought up something that I think we miss all the time, which is we have this filtered water. We have bottled water. We have quote unquote clean Mm. water, but human came along and almost made it too clean to the point where it is missing some of the vital minerals that help with absorption. And I think like, who's talking about that in the nutrition and wellness space. And it's so critical to understand hydration is more than just fluid. It's fluid that comes in and helps to rebalance things rather than just simply flush things out, which it does that as well. It can help, you know, remove the toxins from your body, but it also serves a purpose of rebalancing inside of your body.
1: Yeah. Every cell in your body needs water. And if you do nothing else besides change your hydration over the next week or two, I guarantee you'll, you'll feel better. You'll feel more energized. You'll feel like you have an easier time focusing at work and probably your skin will look better too. So water is like such a secret weapon. It's, you know, mainly a free one, unless we're talking about adding electrolytes back in and it's one that you can, yeah, you can change that really quickly. Awesome. What is your next healthy habit? So the next one is conscious alcohol consumption. And Lisa, this is one that you and I have spoken a whole lot about. I've learned so much about it from you. And alcohol is a toxin, even if it's the most popular toxin. And uh, it's one that can be really, really damaging to our health. So yeah, I would love to hear from you. Actually, Lisa, you have like a stance on alcohol, on drinking alcohol or a method to it that I always thought was so useful. I think what you're referring to
4: is one time I shared that my number one rule around alcohol is I won't drink if I'm stressed or sad. And I think that's what you're referencing, right? Yeah. I think it's so, like you said, it's a a popular toxin and it's also really normalized as I'm stressed, pour me a drink. I had a hard day, pour me a drink. I got dumped, you know, grab a bottle of wine type of thing, which I totally get. All those things really hurt, (laughs) but... I think it's so important to have a healthy relationship to alcohol. I mean, I have seen what addiction does firsthand and how it creeps up on you and how it kind of seeps into your life. And even without addiction being something maybe that you need to be on the lookout for, nonetheless, alcohol is a depressant. I don't think we talk about that enough and it can make matters worse. So for that reason, I like alcohol in happy occasions. I like it when it's elevating the taste of the food and
1: I try to just make conscious choices around it. You know, you were such a um, big teacher for me in that of just sitting with and dealing with the feelings rather than trying to drink them away or suppressing them. Uh, And actually we move through them way faster when we actually, you know, process them versus uh, try to, you know, emotionally stuff them or um, drink them away. And of course, like you said, drinking is, it's a toxin, it's a depressant, it makes anxiety way, way worse. Uh, It's really like throwing gasoline on anxiety is a quote I see thrown around a lot. And you probably, you know, if you're listening to this and have ever had, you know, that morning after the champagne remorse um, I'm sure that you can relate to that. It just doesn't actually make anything better. So I think conscious consumption and just really intentionally drinking, thinking about you know if you're going to drink at all. Of course, the best, healthiest amount to drink is actually none. But not to be like the fun police, I definitely love a glass of wine and a margarita. Similarly, have a lot of addiction in my family. And just that's made me hyper conscious of like, do I actually need this? Or am I just having it because like, I need a wind down when like getting out for a walk would feel really good as a wind down or calling you or calling, you know, a therapist, if that's the route I need to go versus trying to like drink the feelings away. And it's not only what happens during that, like one glass of wine, but it's actually the aftermath too. I find like the next day, you're way less likely to work out or you're going to, eat food. That's not really quite as supportive. And so I think it's such a trickle effect. It's just the domino effect of alcohol is something uh, to really be mindful of how that works for your body.
4: And I think a lot of younger people, at least when I was younger, something I would experience was the Sunday scaries, this feeling on Sunday that was like, sheer panic so much anxiety and I just chalked it up to being me and my anxiety failing to make the consideration that when my youth and my (laughs) I'm a little bit older now like Thursday was a party night Friday was a party night Saturday was a party night and even if I wasn't partying even if I was at home on the couch with girlfriends I was drinking you know and maybe not excessively but nonetheless of course at the end of that maybe not a high, I wasn't like raging or anything, but comes the crash. And I failed to make the connection and really fell into that cycle for years without recognizing that alcohol is a depressant because when you drink it, it doesn't feel like a depressant. It's that, it's that delayed effect depressant feeling. And it makes it hard to make that connection that it's causing it.
1: Yeah. So really getting to the why more than anything, it's like, what's the reason behind this? Is it because... It's a celebration. Is it because you just feel like it, which is fine too? Or is it because you had a really crappy day, you're going through a breakup, are you feeling pressured? That's a big that was a big one for me that I had, you know, in my early 20s, a group of friends that I always felt super pressured to drink a lot with. Um, and so like then you want to really zoom out and consider that's part of it too of like who are you surrounding yourself with? Are they supporting you know healthy habits? We know now. There's so many fun things you can do. I mean, I'm surrounded by a lot of sober people <laughs> at the moment who just don't drink, don't enjoy it and are intentionally very sober. So what I've learned from them is there's so many fun things that we can be doing. You know, it doesn't always have to be include alcohol at all. I think you're
4: so right to bring up that who you're surrounded with impacts if you drink and how much you drink. Evan is, he drinks, but he like forgets about alcohol. Like he could go in, I think my entire pregnancy, he didn't drink, not for any reason other than he comes home and he doesn't think, oh, let me have a glass of wine. If we're at a nice restaurant and they have a good drink on the menu, it might catch his eye, but he has just like a very naturally healthy relationship to it. But being around him has slowed down my drinking so much because its we don't always arrive somewhere and he's ordering up the drinks, or we don't sit down at our dinner table and he's getting out the glass of wine, you know, uh, which has been really positively impactful in my life. And I have very much benefited from waking up feeling a lot better, even if I was just having one glass the night before. Which by the way, I like I wine. I completely. Relate to that. <laughs> I like wine, I drink wine, you know, I'm not anti all of that. but uh, I think I love that expression conscious
1: consumption. So thanks for
4: coming up with that cute little slogan.
1: Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I hope that it helps you guys be more mindful of it. And at least I completely relate. He is the same way. He doesn't He doesn't drink at all. He just doesn't like how it makes him feel. I'm like, wow, you can do that? Like, I, that didn't, I didn't know that, you know, prior to him, I've actually dated a couple of people who don't drink alcohol and like sober dating and sober sex. Like all of that, I think actually is really important. So not nutrition related, but it is. You should do a whole podcast on sober sex. I don't think anyone's
4: talking about that. <laughs>
1: no thank you <laughs> my mom will be mortified <laughs> okay we have we have one last one to get to and that is about fat and carbs fat and carbs are key and i think we still have a lot of people on the low fat train and the low carb train uh it's sort of like one of two camps but it's it's crucial for your energy for every cell in your body for your hormonal health And so, yeah, I think that that's another one that I still, it kind of blows my mind, but especially with keto being really popular. And I find it's actually generationally interesting too, like, you know, people in their late thirties, forties who grew up in the low fat, moment in time when we we're having like low fat snack wells or whatever it is, you know, are, are really thinking that skim milk, everything. And we want to start to move away from that and move more towards whole mm-hmm. fat. And I, I think that
4: that conversation couldn't drive me more nuts, especially being around the older generation and their thoughts on carbs specifically really gets me where like, they'll eat all these things that I don't even classify as food. And then they won't touch an apple or, you know, something, even then pasta, you know how I feel about pasta. I just love pasta.
1: And by intentionally including carbs in our diet too, then you're going to have way less cravings for, you know, ice cream or candy or cupcakes or whatever it is that, uh, you know, oftentimes I find, especially related to women's menstrual cycles too, if you're someone who finds that you're binge eating that week, every single month, they're feeling out of control, like actually intentionally including Sweet potatoes and beans and lentils and like actual carb sources, quinoa, brown rice, all of that stuff. Even like a like a pasta, if you want to, too, um, actually ends up helping them to not feel out of control because you're actually getting what your body craves. That comes down
4: to the fundamental problem that nobody has nutrition education. So when they say I'm not eating carbs, they also don't know what a carb is and what a carb does. And same with fat. I think fat is probably more misunderstood because that whole conversation around good fat and bad fat and everything can kind of make your head explode if you don't know what to do with it.
1: Yeah. But every single cell in our body is made with fat. And actually, especially our brains too, which are about 60% fat. So like we need fat. And I think that also even has like, this is, this is my own personal, like anecdotal uh, experience. But I think that there's like definitely a link between the whole low fat movement. And people having higher rates of dementia and stuff um, because we haven't really been supporting our brain health. You know, are trying to go super low fat, not having even fatty fishes and things like that 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 really supply these omega threes. We you know are great for our brain health. So um that I think is something that we're gonna see a whole lot of. And plus fat is really good for your skin. So we can go both internal and the vein approach to whatever connects with you more, but having some good fat and um, you know, avoiding super skim, all like non-fat products is important. Oftentimes those include more sugar too. Sugars. Is- added in order to make it taste better.
4: And perhaps think talking about skin isn't vain and it's not just aesthetic, perhaps like your period, like it's Mm -hmm. also a reflection of what's going on in your body, you know, dried out skin Uh or maybe skin issues could be a result of not enough fat and those oils that are necessary to be secreted. I don't know. It's just something to think about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, also fat helps us absorb certain vitamins too. They're fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. And so if you've been hearing about vitamin D, that's a really, really important one for basically every process. It's a hormone precursor and it's important for our immune system, for our appetite hormones, for our moods in a big way, but you're not going to get it if you're only eating non-fat products. So like, for example, the biggest fry thing on the market would be a skim milk with added vitamin D. That makes no sense. You're not going to be able to absorb it. And that's one of those things that just like drives me absolutely crazy to see on the show.
4: I was going to ask you what's your
1: favorite vitamin, but is it vitamin D? Absolutely, vitamin <laughs> D. I would put vitamin D in the water supply if I could. Uh, I think everyone needs it. Most people are deficient in it. Um, and it's one that we know is so important, especially for our immune health.
4: You have also brought to my attention how important vitamin D is. And I actually take the supplement that you and your sister created, and I love it. So thanks for that. We'll link that below for anybody that's like, hey, wait, maybe I don't get enough vitamin D. <laughs> yeah. But let's talk just kind of on that last conversation around nutrition and a complicated conversation. Vitamin D, we can also get from the sun, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you are somebody who's outside a lot. Do you still think that they should be supplementing with vitamin D? I'm
1: so glad you asked this. I think everyone should try to get tested. And so that's just, this is just in your basic lab tests. If you go to the doctor annually, Uh, I would love for you to find out what your vitamin D personally is. And there are actually even at home kits where you can just get like a finger pricker. Um, There's a brand called Omega Quant that not associated with, but I've done their tests and it's been pretty right on compared to my actual lab, like blood lab values. So that's a great one that you can try at home if you're curious and want to see. And so like, oftentimes we want our vitamin D levels to be at a minimum I would say 50 is where I want to see people. And oftentimes I have women coming in at like seven or 10, and that is so low. It's like impressive that you're getting out of bed at that level. Uh, So it's really, really important for, again, your hormone health, hormone health, your immune system. Like I could go on and on about, we could have a whole vitamin D podcast, but uh, it's one to really know where you are.
4: And I'll also mention that you probably already know, but I am breastfeeding right now exclusively. And the one supplement that I have to give my baby that's not found in breast milk is vitamin D.
5: So I have to put a little
4: dropper of vitamin D on my boob once a day. I'm really poorly (laughs) compliant, which makes me feel really badly, but I really try and remember I have like a bottle everywhere that I possibly feed and still I forget, but I I don't know if you know that. Did you know that you need to add that to the, to the diet? No, I didn't know that. I believe the reason is because previously as women society, we were outside a lot more. So mom had a lot more vitamin D, but because we're so deplete now, From, I guess, being indoors. Is that the reason? Is it because we're we're indoors more or is it the sun? I
1: think it's a combination. I think it's also where we live and um, even just like buildings and things like that. Like so in New York City, for example, like you're not getting sun the way that you would, even if you're outside because you have buildings blocking you. So car like windows and things like that. You're totally right. You know, historically would have been outside way more. So Um, getting outside is great, but it it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to hit those vitamin D levels purely from the sun.
4: Right. So because I don't have less, my baby has less and therefore supplementation is important. So makes a lot Mm -hmm. of sense that vitamin D would be your favorite vitamin. Definitely my favorite. I love all of these tips. They were freaking amazing. I think they're really going to help people shift away from the idea of health is this really narrow thing and think about it more expansively and feel really empowered by these small changes. Like if you can get outside for five minutes, of the day, get off of your cell phone, you know, all these little things. I'm a huge proponent of sleep. That wasn't even something that we talked about. You know, these little things, they count as you being healthy and taking care of yourself and your well being. So thank you for those amazing tips. I have one last question What's your favorite food brand?
1: At the moment, I am like a hemp seed addict. <laughs> um, so I'm loving like eating Hemp. They come out with a whole bunch of new products. They have good bites they now do? and they have, I think they're coming out with a new chocolate rumor has it.
4: Oh my God. I love their maple so, hemp seeds so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're so good. I even put those on like a savory salad yesterday and it was delicious. So yeah, I think they're just up to incredible stuff too, as a brand and really like the highest quality. So yeah, but it's a small branch too. So I always want to be like supporting people doing good things.
4: And that also feeds into your conversation about fat. Hemp seeds are a great source of fat. And I love that you're adding the fat to your salad, which shows how far we've come from those eighties or nineties when people were like fat, ah, you know, here we are adding it to and adding flavor and nutrient diversity and amazingness.
1: Yeah. And texture and everything too. And I think it just comes back to eating foods the way that they were made and the way that they naturally Mm. occur too. So that's another part of that whole skim movement is like, that's getting really far from the way that it milk comes out of a cow. If you do eat dairy, And that's a whole other topic too. <laughs> but just, you know, those considerations of like, if we're removing the fat from peanut butter, like that doesn't make sense to me.
4: <laughs> I just want to share my favorite food brand because I'm obsessed right now. And I just wanted a place to talk about it. That's why I asked you hoping you would ask me back, but I'm obsessed with the simple mills, chocolate chip cookies, the soft baked ones. They're really important in my life right now. And I really just want to be talking about them whenever I can. And I also have no affiliation or brand partnership with them. (laughs) They've just given me the most joy in my post-pregnancy life that I just would like to talk about them more and more.
1: <laughs> I love that too much. And I also, Simple Mills came out with those um, graham crackery sort of things. I have them in my pantry. I haven't tried them yet. Are they good? They're so good. I love those. They remind me of like having a little, you can make like a really good little s'more out of them too. Ooh,
4: a little tiny s'more. They're like these little <laughs> baby s'mores.
1: <laughs> All right. Well,
4: this was awesome. Carolyn, thank you for being the best dietitian, for being non judgmental, for really taking a good look at the research and then applying it to people and then still recognizing that what works for one person doesn't work for another. And then bringing that information to your audience all the time, I think really helps people see things differently. And you're a beautiful person. So we love watching you live your truthiest life, both professionally and personally, and bringing it both here on our platform.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's always so fun to chat with you.
4: Thank you. We're going to put all of Carolyn's information below, the program she offers, and anything else that we talked about today. So thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye.